here. We in here. Oh yeah. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go.
Congratulations, thank you for joining us right here on the Preacher's Corner. This is place where we can be us, for us, by us, and all that good stuff. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Look. Chilling. Chilling. I'm chilling. Chilling. Oh man. I'm vibing to the beat. <laughs> chilling. She said she chilling. You wanna tell the people some encouraging words and stuff? Just be encouraged. You know, we all in a, a crazy space right now. Some people are waiting for things to go back to normal. But just keep the faith. Keep your eyes on the prize. Will I win every soul? Nah, but I die trying Cause I'm sick of my community suffering And mama's crying I can do wrong things through Christ Which strengthens me So there's nothing that my girl can't change Including me Yo, I live by his word And nothing else Cause this word is so sufficient It can stand on my step See the truth will set you free True indeed Cause I'm walking through the valley with the Lord as my lead Get me a mission to reach to you Pray I will succeed And so far my friends been answered Cause I got the tools I need So I'ma keep on pushing Let them add in my story If the end is about to cry I'm gonna Yeah. Yeah, 
if by chance you haven't had the opportunity to visit our website, you may do so. www.thepritchersgoner.net. There you can find our merchandise. You can get you a coffee mug. You can get a, a, some t shirts and some hoodies and some. It's all kind of good stuff right there. And it's also in the description of this video if you didn't know this youtube version is just the beginning of the night we'll be also recording the aftermath for the podcast this is episode 60 yeah episode 60 can you believe it Six zero. Six zero six zero six zero. Three months in. Just hit 18 down those today. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Lady Maybe is finna tell us what locations those people was in that downloaded. Lady Maybe, what you got? Islamabad, Pakistan, Sapporo, Japan, Kanoa, Japan, Mumbai, India, Johannesburg, South Africa. Trinidad and Tobago, Port of Spain, Garafio do Norte, Brazil, Jundia, Sao Paulo, Juneville, Atasia, and Porto Alegre, Brazil, Jundaloop, Western Australia, Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, Lagos, Nigeria, Berlin, Dusseldorf, Frankfurt, Belgium, and Cologne, along with London. Oh, Cologne, Germany, I'm sorry. London and Mitten Keys, England. Dublin, Ireland, and Moscow, Russia. Oh, Moscow, Moscow, Moscow. Yes, 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 yes. Shout out to Moscow. Rocket Mountain House. Shout out to Rocket. <laughs> I already know Rocket Mountain House. Oh, <laughs> Rocket Mountain House, Canada. Montreal, Canada, Norwalk, Connecticut, Peterson, New Jersey, Ashburn, Virginia, North 
Homestead, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Lakewood, Ohio, East Point, Augusta, Griffin, Covington, ATL, Wichita, Kansas, Memphis, Tennessee, oh, Edmond, Oklahoma, Edmond, Oklahoma, uh, Miami, Palm Beach, Orlando, Bellevue, all in Florida, Indianapolis, the nap is in the house, Indianapolis, Gary, Schumburg, Chicago, Hammond, Illinois, Boise, Idaho, Burlington, Iowa, Philadelphia, Washington, is Brooklyn in the house? Yeah, Brooklyn is in the building. Los Angeles, Sacramento, San Jose, Oakland, Chico, Clovis, Kent, Washington, Las Vegas, Nevada. Did I say Fresno? Fresno, forgot about you. Can't forget about you. Fresno is in the house. Houston, Texas. Uh, yeah, Houston, Fairfield, Haslett, Alito, Grapevine, Kennedale, Saginaw, North Texas, <laughs> South Texas, uh, Lakeway, Texas. That's a new one. Lakeway, Texas. Shout out to Lakeway, Texas. I'm, I'm specifically excited about this one. Uh, the University of Texas. We got listeners. Yeah. At UT. Because they wanted to be another college outside of PZU. They didn't want to be the only college on here representing Texas. I understand. I understand. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. Smoke to the Bone, shout out to Smoke to the Bone, Barbecue, uh, and everybody else. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Ready to get to it? Let's go. Ready to get to it. Let's go. What you got? What you got? I'm ready. You ready? Ready to roll. Yay. Yeah. We don't have to do no fair use and none of that today. No, we don't. No, we ain't got no fair use and none of that. So. Uh, we got us a topic and a topic to die. Topic to die is the preacher. The preacher's kid. Myth. Fact or fiction. Preacher's kid. Is it a myth? Is it facts or fiction? What is it? You know how they say uh, preachers' kids, the worst kids. And we kind of hinted a, bit, a little bit about it last night, just a little bit, but decided mm-hmm. to go a little bit more in depth with the topic because it's uh, it's several, you know, several uh, preachers' kids, several preachers' kids. You a preacher kid? I'm a preacher mm-hmm. kid. My mama a preacher kid. I mean, so I come from a lineage of preacher kid mm-hmm. and so the preacher's kid myth fact or fiction what do you say hmm. what do you say it's uh, fact Facts? for me well, I, talk, I talk to I talk to I, uh, my daughter today happy birthday TJ um, talk to them today 
and I told them about the the show tonight and uh, asked them about their thoughts on is the preacher's kid just bad or just out of there or what? And uh, <laughs> my daughter, she say, I believe that we make some bad decisions and some bad choices, but overall, I think we're good kids. Really? That's what she said. That's what she said. Oh. That's what she said. Coming from a... A preacher's kid. Yeah. A preacher's kid. Yeah. She said, we make some bad decisions mm -hmm. and some bad choices. Mm -hmm. But overall, they're good kids. And, and to a certain extent, I agree. Yeah. Overall, there's some good kids. I mean, because we preach as kids. Yeah. We ain't going to disagree. I mean, but the society will say differently. Otherwise. They'll say otherwise. That's right. But we got some stats. We got some facts that we want to lay on the line, and then we're going to give some of our own experiences. Then we want to hear from you <laughs> that we can hear from. Go ahead. So... We're going to be uh, kind of giving some facts from um, an article that we read, which was very, very good. Very good article. Um, very I'm not going to call the name just for we don't want any issues with copyright yeah. and things like that. We ain't doing fair use today. But I just want to tell y'all, because I'm, I'm sure that the fair facts use. that I'm going to state are some things that people probably don't know about these artists. Right. So Katy Perry, you know, the singer. Rick Warren, he's the book writer. He's the author of many, many great books. Um, Anne Graham Lotz, Franklin Graham, the Jonas Brothers, Frank Schaefer, Jessica Simpson. Although they're all doing different things, um, they have something in common. They are all pastor's kids. Wow. All of them are pastor's kids. When it comes to the children of the clergy, stereotypes abound. First, there's the model child mm. who lives by the rule book and follows in the footsteps of his or her minister parents. In many, in many churches, this is an expectation as much as it is a stereotype. Yeah. This is very much an expectation that if you grew up in a house with a pastor or a first lady for parents, then people automatically assume you're going to follow in their footsteps. Right. Um, yet perhaps the dominant stereotype of the pastor's kids is the prodigal kid, right. <laughs> the wayward child, the rebel who has fallen away from the faith, the backslidden, who'd rather strike out on their own other than live in the shadow of the steeple. Wow. Now that was very good to me. What you got to say about it? Um, I think most. Preacher's kids. I mean, for the most part, we all kind of veer off and we become like a prodigal son but like the bible says that when you train up a child in the way that they should go they will not depart they may stray off a little bit but they won't depart completely from the faith they'll always come back because it's always it was always something things reminded me even when i was at the club i was afraid when i was in there thinking oh lord what if god come back while i'm in here breaking it down or you know if i'm doing something i don't have any business what if god come back while i'm doing this lord what am i gonna say so in the back of my mind, that was always a worry for me, even though I was definitely the prodigal child. <laughs> I was a prodigal child. And I really don't, I don't think me or my sister was 
and she can attest for this. She's on here. Um, I don't think that we were, um, you know, the model child that followed the rules. She wasn't as bad as me, but I think equally we did about the same amount of dirt. I mean, I got off a little bit, you know, I did a little bit more, but, uh, for the most part, I don't think that we were a model child, mm. you know, that, that lived by the rules and the rule book and followed the footsteps of our parents until now. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so watch, watch this. The article goes on to say, so where does this stereotype <laughs> of the prodigal pastor kid come from? Hmm. Are those who grow up as children of faith workers really more inclined to grow out of church later in life? And is it a big of a trend as it often proceeds? Hmm. What do you think? What is this it says two out of every five pastors, 40% said their child age 15 or older went through a period where they significantly doubted their faith one-fifth of the pastors say this is very accurate of their children and another 22 say it's somewhat true hmm. this is about the same rate as today's millennials about 38 percent of those with a christian background say they have experienced a similar season of doubt in other words pastors kids are pretty normal about as likely as other kids raised in the church to experience significant spiritual doubt wow in other words uh fiction right the normal kids going through normal <laughs> stuff and just because society has labeled, has labeled them, them yeah. as the, the the saint or you're not supposed to be cussing you're, you're not supposed to be child. fighting you the pastor child but no no some of these pastors fighting cussing drank right in front of them so <laughs> i mean hey they only doing what they see some of them yeah some of them but as the the stats stated listen mm -hmm. they normal yeah normal cheering go ahead I like this part. It says, certainly those who have spent their childhood in the front row front seat row of seat. the sanctuary are given a unique vantage point of church. Mm. That is the truth. Right. It says, the, certainly the those who have the spent their the childhood in the front row seat of the sanctuary are given a unique vantage point of the church for better or for worse. It meaning that that child who has spent the majority of their life in church on the front row with their parents, they, they have been given a unique vantage point of what the church looks like because we all see church from different eyes, right. from different vantage points. And so where we may see something is okay, somebody else may see it in a, in a bad light or vice versa. So um, I like the fact that it said it gives you a different vantage point point better or for worse or because worse. when we were growing up the things that we, that's going on now in church we never saw anything like this and i don't know if it's because it just wasn't made mentioned to us we i mean because i paid attention to everything and i was about it the way i am now for behind my parents in ministry and i didn't play no games we we didn't play behind them in ministry and we didn't want people trying to mistreat them get over on them any of that 
And so um, I've I've saw everything from both sides, you know, from from both for better and for worse on both ends, but not the way the church is today. There is man, it's it's churches that the people are so disrespectful now that it, it'll cause the preacher's children to get out of line, like in a major way. The things that are going on now, I know I couldn't have been I wouldn't have operated well in, in ministry with my parents uh, with the things that are happening now in these churches and people putting folks on blast on Facebook and all of that. If that, if the shoe was on my foot in that situation, that would not have ended well. Not that I want that to go on now in my, with my children. I want everybody to be, you know, we, we remain respectful and stuff like that. But like that was just not the norm. Like now that's the norm. That's what people do. I like this one here uh, where it says, uh, in contrast to pastors least likely to say this describes their children as pastors serving non-white congregations. Mm. Non-white congregations. I like the way they worded that one. Right. Uh, or non-mainline churches. Mm-hmm. Mainline. Mainline yeah. churches. 37%, 25%. Overall, one-third of the pastors, 33%. Say their child is no longer actively involved in church. Wow. 33%. Wow. Yet when it comes to the rejection of Christian identity altogether, the occurrences are even less. When pastors were asked if their children no longer considered themselves to be Christians, only 7% said this was accurate of their kids. That's less than 1 in 10. They, 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 in, they not, don't go not, to church. Not only are they not in church anymore, but they don't even believe. Yeah. They in, are not in even Christ Christians, at all. Period. They ain't even Christians no more. What did they see? <laughs> right. What did they see growing up? And you know what? I, I say, what did they see? It don't even really have to be what, they saw. Be what they saw. Nowadays, with all this, you know, with the whole woke generation, mm-hmm. um, everybody is thinking, you know, they're digging into other things and, and, um, and, and uh, you know, other religions and, and you know, the saying, you know, the whole thing with the Bible is all based on slavery uh, tactics and all of this kind of stuff. And the thing is, you know, it's easy for you to fall into that gap when, you don't have a real relationship with God. When you're just operating out of religion, it's easy to fall into what everybody else says. But when you have a relationship with God, you know that God is real. You know, that's the, that's the difference between, um, how people view things that are going on in church now and how the, the preacher's kids are operating and getting out of church. Cause at the end of that um, passage you read, it says this compares to nation to the nationwide prodigal rate. Of about nine percent among millennials, the parent pastors who are most likely to say this is not at all accurate of their kids are non-mainline pastors or Southern Baptist pastors. They run about ninety-eight percent. Now, now watch this: the demographics of the the parent to child ratio, the age difference 
is not like it was when we grew up. Right, exactly. And so we had the era where where grandmama them was was much older than mama them. Yes. And so there was a level of respect in between. Yeah. And so our generation, we start having the kids a little, little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And then you come into the, the, the generation behind us, they had them even earlier. And so with that being said, you, you not only have younger parents, but you got younger pastors, younger grandparents, younger, younger elders in the church. And then so as the, the, that fold changed, a, a lot, lot of the father figures was taken out of the place. place. So, so, so now you don't, don't have men not at home nor in church. Or the mothers in the or church. The because the mothers the set church. the tone for the church. Right. They were the ones that, you know, we Some have. Season yeah, we have no right. seasoned mothers in churches like we used to. Like, I mean. Yeah. Long yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. They're not in church so that they can kind of, you know. And I, and I think that's one of the things that that um is missing from a lot of ministries the men that were the backbone and the mothers the seasoned mothers who were there to give correction and tell the ladies how to you know how to be wives and how to be mothers and Mm -hmm. you know how to do those things and we've lost that because now the grandmothers are 30. (laughs) i mean grandmothers are 30 and 35 and you know 36 and so the just the everything has changed changed. from the way that it was then and so i can see this because you you have less and less um i put it to you this way when we think about looking at the fact that we're young pastors and uh, uh pastors uh after us i hardly ever see like when we were growing up right uh eight or nine year old preachers or right. 11 to 12 or 13 when we was growing up uh children preachers was common that's right i saw kid preacher teenager preachers all the time right we saw them all the time they were praising they, god they, was praising they kept god. us on the altar they, they, we they cried were praying out. they were they, they were preaching when i say they were preaching yeah they, they were preached preaching, preaching. yes and so, so we don't see that more, no more. Uh, maybe tw- in their twenties or thirties, uh, but they ain't preachers. Right. They prophets. And so the whole dynamics of the church have just changed. Yeah, it has dramatically. It is crazy. Yeah. The way the way everything has changed. But get back on topic. How did that relate to? The pastors and the preacher's kids. What where did the drop fall off in the house with the preacher's kids? I think I think it really all of that kind of gears back to what I was saying about how the society is now. Mm -hmm. You know, like even though, because I don't I don't believe that the majority of the I I know that there's a lot of pastors out there. Now, don't get me wrong, y'all. Don't don't shoot the messenger. I'm just being honest. There are a lot of pastors and, and, and first ladies out there that are not living a nickel worth of anything. So if your children see that behind closed doors, they know you better than anybody. I mean, I'm going to tell y'all, when I go to visit other churches, yeah. what I do is look at the children. Mm-hmm. I look at the children and I look at if the, if the husband is preaching, I look at the wife to see what mm-hmm. she's doing while he's preaching. Because nine times out of ten, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. You can look at the family and know if 
everything is right at home or right. if, um, you know, how things are being being done. And I'm talking about children that live in the house. Now, right. once children are adults and they move out and they're doing their own thing, that's a different story. Because now everything that you do spiritually that has something to do with you is on you, mm. you know. But generally, um, it's, it's like it's some type of miscommunication in ho- at the house, you know, in the home somewhere to where... Um, I mean, it's not something that's just not clicking no more. I can I can definitely uh, relate. Being a preacher's kid uh, myself, I can I can see both sides of the fence. Yeah, I can see both sides of the fence for um, this specific reason. I can see it because I was I was always active in sports. Mm-hmm. I was active in sports. I, I I did a lot of things at school and all of my other teammates their parents was in the stands mm-hmm. if i scored a touchdown or made a basket i look up in the stands uh, i don't see nobody mm-hmm. but i know where daddy at yeah I'm, daddy is on in a revival somewhere in, in out, out of state daddy gone and, and then half the time when i get out of practice daddy just coming back in town yeah and so we didn't have that 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 opportunity to spend much time together and so uh when he did uh, have the opportunity to come to the games and everything. That was after a heart attack, mm-hmm. and so it it what he couldn't stay at the games long then. So it was still okay, and so I had the I had on the inside of me what that was the the church or his ministry took my time away. Right, took all the that that, that took everything away from me, and so when I got to a specific age. I didn't want no parts of the church. Wow. I didn't want I didn't want to attend church. When I moved out at nineteen, I, I moved out at nineteen that. years old. And I said, I ain't got to go back no more. I don't live up under your roof. I ain't gotta go back. Yeah. Until it was a desire of my own mm-hmm. to go. I went of course I went on Easter. Uh, you know, the, the, this, the, I was a CME number then, Christmas, <laughs> Mother's Day, and Easter. Yeah. And so so I went on them days, or so if they asked me specifically to, to come, I show up. And then when, they, when, it, when he started trying to position me and put me in positions, and I, I combated against that because I wanted the world. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be the rapper. I did this and did that and did what rappers do mm-hmm. live how rappers live mm-hmm. and, and so i didn't that didn't look right for me to he said son won't you won't you rap about the lord and back then christian rap was whack mm-hmm. so i'm like man ain't nobody finna rap man please ain't finna mm-hmm. do that they give me booed off the stage for nothing mm-hmm. but but it was it was that was the gap in between yeah. and so i can relate why why some hours are not in wholeheartedly because i can easily see that they believe that the ministry or the church comes before their needs. Mm-hmm. And somebody, I can hear somebody saying, well, yeah, Reverend, the family is supposed to come before. That's wrong. That's no. wrong. Yeah. Because God comes first. That's right. Period. Period. Point blank. It don't matter what it what you do in ministry. How ministry I feel about it. How first. I like. Now I understand it. But it took me to grow spiritually as to why. He was the way he was. Mm-hmm. You say we. You say forsake everything. Yeah. And follow me. That's right. You know what? And I never just thought in depth about that. How 
um, how that could affect a kid. Yeah. <clears throat> and they can act out parent. and lash out and, and yeah. do whatever they want to do. That's why they say <laughs> the preacher's kid is the baddest kid because now they're feeling neglected and they, they don't like God no more. They don't like the things of God. They don't like it because, because they it believe God has taken their place. And you know what? With us, it was different because well, I didn't play sports or anything like that, so I didn't look for um, for her to be in the you know at a game or anything like that. But she was always going preaching somewhere, and most of the times we could go. Sometimes we couldn't. So I do remember feeling like, dang, you know, she going back. She got to go to church again, or for that matter, dragging us back to every service. The boy. The people now, we can't even have a, they can't, we can't get them to come back for evening service. But right. when we were growing up, we had Sunday school, then we had service, we had an evening service, and plus we had HYPBS all in one day on one service. So we had Sunday school about 9, 11.30 the service started. We came back at 6 for HYPBS, 7.30 service started. So we were busy. In right. ministry, 24 hours, you know, and then they all, they had prayer on Tuesdays. We had a church service on Friday nights, and we had Wednesday night Bible study. We come back on Saturday morning for prayer with her. We come back on Sunday. So it, was, it wasn't abnormal for me to be in church every single day. But we can't, nobody can, I don't think, I don't even think anybody's doing more than one service a day now, unless they have a huge congregation. But since the, the pandemic, I don't think anybody's having more than one service right now. So we, the, Nobody, the but, kids but, now. But our favorite church out there in Dallas. Yeah, that's it. Full gospel still going hard. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, um, I was looking at uh, somebody's, uh, I think it was Adrian's comment, um, evangelist um height she said that's why i believe you gotta have balance and you do that's so important you have to have balance when it comes to rearing, rearing children with ministry and how your house you gotta have balance in your house and i think yeah. back in the day they had balance that's why if it, it worked so smoothly and it was so effective and the things that you got from church everybody understood the meaning of church why we have church, you know, and then um, two, they had to cater to your family. Like that was that was major, but that's where all of the the uh, the the right people in ministry come into play. Right. Because if you have people that don't really care whether or not your house, you know, that you have balance enough to where you can have your services, you can love God, but still have a life at home. This is where we are right now, trying to uh, maintain that balance, you know, right. and trying to get people to understand. Yes, it is it is important to love God. He should come first. When He comes first. He'll make every crooked place straight. That's, that's not right. just something that we say because we're praying, first. but that's why he has to come first. Because right. then he'll make things that don't look right in your life or the exactly. things that are unbalanced, he'll make them balanced. He makes the balance. He makes it balanced. Right. So Everything um, lines up. Yeah, everything lines up when we do it like that. But we and have to uh, do that. This next thing here is say when asked why, they think their children, the children of pastors often struggle in the development of their own faith. Here's what the pastors answered. 28% unrealistic expectations others place on them. 18% exposure to negative aspects of the church. That's good. Wow. 17% pastor is too busy for them. 14% faith is not modeled consistently at home. Oh. 
nine percent worldly influences or peers. Seven yep. percent self-discovered. You said that. Yeah. And free will resulting in rebellion. rebellion. And the last seven percent failure to make their own faith their own. Wow. That so is that's, good. That's now, good. I'm going to read the question again just in case y'all missed the question. It said, when asked why they think children of pastors often struggle in the development of their own faith, their here's own faith. what pastors answered. Those were the percentage. That was, and that is accurate. Yeah. When you think about why pastors' children struggle in their own faith, that was the statistics right. um, for that for that 28%. question. 28%. Unrealist, unrealistic expectations. Others place on them. On that them. is, that's major. Yeah. Because we do. When, when it's a, like, I'm going to tell y'all, because a lot of y'all know, so we had a issue with one of the members at the church, and they come on Facebook and try to talk about pastoring this, this, and that. Everybody that know us know our character, know we're straightforward. We ain't going to do no lying because we don't have to. Uh, we're going to always keep it 100, and we're going to say what it is. If you get mad about it, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll patch you up, and we'll move on. But somebody came on there, and, and so I was so angry. I couldn't even address the situation. Pastor came on, and he was trying to fix the situation. And um, and and then one of our son, Brandon, he got in it, and he started to give them the business and was telling them, hey, you can meet me, this, this, that. And and if anybody knows our children, I mean, everybody was like, oh, my God, this is the preacher's child doing this. And it's like, what do you expect? If When, my, when somebody does anything to my parents at my age, I'm going to do the boo-boo fool. That's to be expected. If you're not saved, somebody do something to your parent, you're going to act up. So I don't know why people place these unrealistic expectations on people that aren't even professional. First of all, he didn't never say he was saved and he wasn't called. That booger had just came home from prison. Right. <laughs> Let's make that clear. So he's going to react in the state that he's in. I don't place unrealistic expectations on anybody that's why i said yesterday in our conversation my thing that my, we talked about 10 things that we'll never do and one of mine my first one was was assume that everybody is saved when right, they come into right, the ministry right, right. that's a that's a problem mm -hmm. everybody thinks like that so you excuse assume that because they are the preacher's children that they are saved wrong they're not Nine times out of ten, they're not saved, you know. And then so people put these unrealistic expectations on them to not say anything or to hold their peace as if they don't have feelings. We have feelings just like everybody else. It's just unfortunate that when we get up to speak, everybody wants us to watch their toes, but nobody wants to watch ours. That's not how that go. The Bible say, treat people, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. That's why this makes so much sense to me that that's 28% of the pastor said, that is what it is. Unrealistic expectations. And I can go as far as to take it off of the equation of the children and the prodigal son. Put it on the pastors. Right. <laughs> Leadership. There's a lot of unrealistic expectations that other people place on people of leadership. You have to remember that people are human first. We are striving for perfection. We're trying to make a hundred just like y'all. 
So I feel like just church overall gets this bad rep because people have all these unrealistic expectations on people who are normal just like them, who are trying just right. like them. I have to lay on my face every day just like you ought to be doing. I have to make sure that I cry out to God just like you. I have to fast just like you. So that's that's unrealistic expectations. What you saying about 18? 18 the 18% is the 18 exposure, exposure to, to the, the negative, negative aspect of the church. <laughs> when the when when the pastor come home upset and, and, and fussing about the members yes. at the church. Absolutely. I know that I, to I, be I, true. I, and I say that all the time. You cannot discuss church business in front, front of, of the your children. children. You can't. You cannot do because that. Because where we can forgive and we can move past that, or we correct the situation, they're gonna still be angry. Yeah. Because they don't know how to jump back from that. They don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know the ins and out of leadership. And that's why I was saying too yesterday. You can't. You can't as a you can't talk about it with nobody. Nobody. No, no other pastor. Period. Nobody. Because then you got you risk losing your your members to them folks there because they're gonna you the headache. Let me get. Well, let me take here. you with me. me take, yeah. So no, it's not. It wouldn't be a wise decision <laughs> to tell that to nobody. Nobody. And that's pretty much why I don't. That's right. That's true. I don't. That's I don't. Good. I don't. I don't talk no negative aspects of the ministry. None of them, especially family members. And you know all. what? And I'm gonna tell you something. That's very good to me too because it says 80 percent is they don't come to church because of exposure to negative aspects of the church, right. and that can be so broad. That's a broad spectrum a broad to spectrum. even deal with because right. it can be. Um, negativity about yeah you know you're mad at the people that don't or do, talk about you mm -hmm. or whatever don't say it is nothing negative. yeah whatever Always it is positive. gotta keep it positive got to and I think that's one of the things I learned in ministry, like very quick, very early on, mm -hmm. you know. And I try my best to make sure I don't say anything because it is it's a hindrance to the it's body of Christ. And um, what about seventeen percent? Too busy. That's true too. Cause you always busy. <laughs> let's let's use you for an example. Seventeen percent, y'all was but, the pastor's but, too but busy I'm still, for them. I'm still uh, uh, the same that guy that go to the volleyball game, basketball game, right. track practice. Uh, so balances, yeah, yeah, it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And we we have we've come to that part. We know we've That's come to the realization thing. that yeah, balance is important, and. Um, that so we can we can kind of spread ourselves around. We have nine children, yeah. with a growing number of grandchildren. Yeah. So, um, with nine kids, I can't. I don't even know where the cap would be for our grandbabies. But is that okay? Just knowing that, um, you know, we have a, a big family and it, and it's growing. We have to make sure that we don't get too busy to take care of our families. Um, the next one, okay, look for it. No, go ahead. Okay. The next, the next one was 14%. It said faith is not modeled consistently at home. Now that's a good one. Cause you know, it's easy to get up and preach something to somebody else, but then you have to live it. Right. It's like after God gives you a word, most of the time when God gives you a word, if it's pertaining to faith, that means something is shaky about yours. 
The husbandman is the first partaker of the fruit. And I love this one because when you are up preaching, you cannot preach to people and tell them what they should be doing if you're not in that place. I'm I'm a I'm I'm big on practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. I'm big on that. I shared a, a a meme um a couple of weeks ago that said if you're not living what you preaching, don't preach to me. Hush. And I mean that to the fullest because I don't want to be um, like Paul. He said it best. He said, I'm not going to be preaching to people and I myself become a castaway. Why would I get up and be preaching to you and telling you how good God is and he got a place prepared for us and heaven is all of this and that. And you're going to get to go to a place where, you know, you know how everybody make it. And then and then. I die and go to hell because behind closed doors, I'm not modeling what I'm preaching. That don't make sense to me. But people do it every single day. Every day. So your faith, what you believe, have to be modeled at home. So I think this this topic tonight is very, very good for even for people. Not you don't even have to be a pastor or a first lady. If you are anyone, if you belong to a ministry and you say that you love God, your relationship with God ought to exude so much so that it ought to it ought to flow into your household. Your children yeah. should not feel like they shouldn't come to church because something about what you believe in God ought to pour into who they are. And even if they veer off now, something ought to pull them back. When they get in trouble, something ought to pull them in. Something ought to pull them back into the ministry because um, something ought to be said or done in the house to let them know, hey, I'm living this thing for real. I may be struggling. You may hear me get off track one day. I might get mad and cuss. I may go and have a drink at the happy hour with my friend, but I'm going to pull it back in and I'm going to do what God tell me to do. Whatever your issues are. Because everybody is not living 100% in front of their family members. So it's hard to pull those family members in. Then you have to take into account what they see, what churches they've been in, what they have experienced in ministry. And a lot of the times, it it don't have to be you. It could be what they've already experienced in ministry. So then that cuts into everything that they believe and then you can't even witness you can't be an effective witness to them because they've already been tainted but you do your best do your best at being who you're supposed to be so nine percent said worldly influences or peers which is what i was talking about before everybody's woke so that that outside influence boy and that self-discovery and that free will, you know, they all want to do what they want to do. Um, and then that last 7% was failure to make their faith their own. You know, it, it's, you can't live off of what Grandmama Nim said forever. You know, what Grandmama Nim told us, those were miracles and things, things that already had happened. Let's talk about what God said now. Let's talk about what he's doing today. Because that's what a lot of people um, are stuck on what grandmama said God could do. But what about you? Because the Bible said God is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he can do miracles back then, he is the same God. He's working miracles today. But a lot of people are not in churches and ministries where they're seeing God move effectively or move at all for that matter. They're not seeing their prayers being answered. They're not seeing miracle signs and wonders. And so it's hard for them to say that they believe what church represents today versus what grandmama said it was years ago mm-hmm. so that makes a difference as well so that's a very good one for that seven percent as well was very very good 
um, I know that on something, what were we looking, listening to when it was talking about church hurt the other day? It was something that we were listening to and somebody said, oh no, we were at the birthday no, that party. Was, that was because. That was at the birthday party and, and he made a comment and he said, um, I know that y'all probably experienced some church hurt. It was like a little uh, interlude or whatever during the uh, birthday party and it was a Christian uh, birthday party. It was awesome. Everybody worshiped. They, they, I mean, yeah. it was awesome. And, I got um, clips, so we're gonna, we might show some Thursday. Yeah, we have to do that. And so one guy, before he got up to kind of worship, um, um, a guy said that people always talk about, well, I'm not going back to church because I experienced church hurt. But you have to remember, we are the church. We are the church. And so when you experience church hurt, it's not the people church, hurt. the building. It's the people. It's the person that you encountered, that you got into it with. or you. So it, it does not, you should not exclude the entire ministry because of something that happened between you and a person. Right. I'm not going to let nobody cause me to miss God. Nobody. There is nothing that nobody can absolutely do to me that's going to cause me to turn my back on God at all. You see this one? Yeah. The parenting successes and regrets of pastors. Mm -hmm. Come on, let's go. Go ahead. Um, the next topic was the parenting successes and regrets of pastors. It says, like many parents, pastors generally feel they've raised their children very well in some areas and maybe not so well in others. Looking back, here's what they think they did right as well as what they regret. Mm. What pastors say they've done best in raising their children. 37% says, introduce them to Christ and maintain the Bible-focused home. Only 37%, 37%. of the pastors say that this is what they did right in raising their children. 37%. 37%. That's not good. 37% say they introduced so they them to Christ. at church. Yeah. They didn't teach at home. Yes. And maintained a Bible-focused home. It was focused on the Bible. But how much... See, the, the way the world is today, people like, to, like action. Yeah. They don't want you bumping about. Me. Yeah, this is the show me. I mean, even though we're in Texas, we we part of the show me state. Right. People don't like for you to tell them stuff. They want you to show them that see. it can be done. You know, it, it, uh, stinky pearl lips can say anything. Kind of like that video show you me though. Me today when we were talking about yes. that, 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 them folk finding money and whatever song that they use and they find the yes. money out of it. They believe in that, but, but don't because believe they, in God. They, they are seeing results. That's right. When they see results in front of them from a Christian perspective, then they'll believe. Yes. So uh, on TikTok, they got this song going out and they have so many people that didn't try it. And so I, it was just in the FYP. So I, I was scrolling and came up on this girl and she was really crying. So I stopped to listen to what she was saying. And um, she was talking about a song that was bringing money and it was supposed to be healing people. And y'all will be surprised how many people are on there. But you have people on there that's talking about God and how good he is and what he's done for us. And right. they don't have hardly anybody following them. But this girl, I mean, and that's witchcraft. That's what's really crazy. 
you're listening to a song. It has something in the song that's supposed to bring you all these, the money and the riches and all that. But the people are looking at what they're bringing to the top. They're actually getting things out of this because whatever you believe. That's of worldly influence. Yes. Whatever you believe is what's going to come to pass. That's, that's the crazy part of the dynamics. That's how this works. So if you believe God to do things for you, of course, God is going to come through for you. But if you don't have the faith to believe that God will do what he said he's going to do, you won't ever receive it. You have to have faith. He said, you must first have faith to believe that I even exist and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you believe that God exists, you have to seek him out. Look for him. <laughs> I told y'all look for him with a flashlight in the daylight, baby, because he can be found. But there's also a scripture that say, look for him now. Search for me while you while I may be found. Because one day you won't be able to look for him. So 21% says that they spent time with and supported them. These are the good things that they were glad that they did. Spent time with and supported them. 21%. 12% said that they loved them. Lord. 10% said that they taught them good values. 9% said that they allowed them to make their own choices and be themselves. Now, 9%. baby, you do the, the next one. Pa what pastors wish they'd done differently in raising their children? 42% wish they had spent more time with their children. 8% wish they had been more understanding. 5% wish they had given their children more Bible teaching. 19% have no regrets and wouldn't change a thing. 19%. Wow. So they ain't changing nothing. That's crazy. Wow. That was good, though. Very good, very that good. That was good because... Good. Um, you know, I was kind of reading, skimming through the article, um, before we started and it, one of the guys that they were talking about it here, he said he was a pastor himself. He said he cannot stress the importance of pastors and church goals, maintaining realistic expectations for yeah. the children of clergy. He said pastors are actually feeling the pressure from people telling them what their children are doing wrong. That's crazy. Their children are living in a moral and spiritual fishbowl. Their actions are evaluated by all sides in the church. This constant um, evaluation is only compounded with the rise of social media and always right. on leadership. In fact, it is telling that the most common improvement pastors would make to their parenting, looking back, is to have spent more time with their children. It's a haunting question. Are faith leaders sacrificing their best hours for the sake of other people instead of their own children? Whoa. I'm going to tell y'all something. I said that one time in ministry when I was preaching about something, and I said, I dare not. I pray for other people's children. I cry out for them. I when I'm preaching to them. I'm going running to their aids. I better not do that for everybody else who's not my own. Mm. I better not. I better make sure that my children, because my children are just important to me as anybody else's. And what I don't want to do is make my children feel like, and, and this is this is something that, that takes place in ministry, and I know that yeah. it does, because ministry comes first. 
And so as a leader, you kind of get that twisted where you'll put the other people's needs before your family's needs. Mm-hmm. It, that's a given. I mean, it was it, that happened to us even growing up in ministry like that because you try to make sure that the ministry runs effectively. But what, what I don't ever want to do is step on the toes of our children. Or make them feel less than or not important or what they feel or how they feel or how they view situations that happen in ministry um, is not important. It's it's not significant to how we feel about it. Sometimes I just may not respond the way you want me to, but trust the fact that I always I have your best interest in mind as well. And the difference in ours, we're not just their parents, we're their pastors. We're their pastors also. And so uh, one specific one is uh, is. Um, uh, listed as a deacon. Yeah. And so he he still has to make leader position type decisions as, as well. well. That's right. Within the church and at home. Yes, right. So as far as the other ones, you know, that they're not in church. They're not so, in church. So it's kind of um, we kind of like they're they're feeling neglected. Right. He's the only one that really just has us more because he is effective in ministry with us. But at the same time. And that's time, why I, I, I text and I call them the, the, the ones individually. Yeah. You know, and do, do what we do individually. Yeah. And I don't think half of them even know that we even do that. That's just our own personal yeah. little Just to make sure everybody's conversation, good. Everybody good. Yeah. Ain't, it ain't no long drawn out thing. Let's go on and do it, do it. And, yeah. Lunch and gone. Go on. Yeah. That's very good. Grown. <laughs> it says on the on the one hand, a pastor's family should aspire to be a great example of what a healthy, functioning, and grace-filled family looks like. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true. Yeah. It says on the other hand, a pastor's family should aspire to be a great example of what a healthy, functioning, and grace-filled family looks like. I'm going to tell you something. That's, that is where I am. I am. I have been. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, I do believe, too, with, with uh, Deacon Gill mm-hmm. and his family. That we have to be in the position where no matter what other people do to us. And I'm not saying we're doormats in no way, shape, form, or fashion. I'm going to always stand up for my family. I am going to always say what's right. I'm going to defend them to no avail. Yeah. Um, at the same time, when same people time, mess up, yeah, I have to make sure that we are leading in love. That we our relationships are healthy and that we are leading by grace. Mm-hmm. We have to administer the same grace to other people that God has administered to us. We cannot get out of the habit of, we cannot get in the habit of saying, you know, pointing out everybody's flaws and what they're doing wrong because believe me, we all have flaws. Mine may not be yours, yours may not be mine, but we all have them. And so what you always want to do, whether you're just saved and you're on the inside and you're looking out at what your family members are doing, don't ridicule them. You pull them in with drawn with loving kindness. That's what the Lord did to us. He said, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee? And then he got us to this place through grace and mercy. So we want to make sure that we don't browbeat people around us. And I had to, I had to learn this too. Because yeah. this is the way we were raised. When we were raised up in church, baby, you got beat across your head with the word. And it was like, so you're going to get in line or you're not. But, but what people have to remember is... I can give you the word. The word going to cut like a knife by itself. 
It's evident. It's said in the book of Hebrews. Say the word of God is stronger than any two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. it, it, it separates the bone from the marrow. Not only that, it is. it comes to rebuke, reproof, correct. It, it judges all by itself. So it's going to hurt you going in and coming out. That's why I said it all the time. I don't have to add nothing to it. It does it on its own. So knowing that, why don't we, with the along with the word, let's pull people in with grace. We have to we have to have that balance because it's said on here we have to we have to be an example of what a healthy, functioning, and grace-filled family looks like. It said it's natural to look at our leaders as examples of how we should live, and in the face of cultural disillusion with fallen leaders. It's hard not to expect something more from faith leaders. I know it is. It's hard not to look at your leaders and say, but you're supposed to be an example to us. And we are. And that's why we strive daily to be that. At the same time, you have to remember, we are human too. Yeah. Not only am I a preacher's kid. I'm yes. A preacher's, uh, how would that be? The grandson of a preacher. Yes. Good Lord. <laughs> I've seen so much church. Yeah. God. We've seen some of everything. We have. And see, back then, back then, Daddy passed more than one church. And so it was several. Yeah. It was several uh, uh, minds and attitudes to deal with. Yeah. And and when we first saw a pastor, they were all in country, little small country towns. We, he passed it in Avan. He passed it in uh, Mahia. He passed it in Teague, Texas. Hmm. And so uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, uh, Grandview. So it was, it was a ride to get there. And I used to say all the time, why we got to go so far to church and there's a church right down the street? <laughs> Don't you find one of these churches right here? Mm -hmm. And then we, we drive in three and four hours and, you know, like you say, y'all stay going all day long. All day on Sunday. My goodness. That's the first time I seen an outhouse in Avant. I think it was Avant, Texas. And I had to use it. My, my sister, she had on her her pink stockings and her little poofy dress and I had to go out there with her and and I say, you go first. Can I use it in the outhouse? I ain't going in there. And yeah, in the outhouse. Wow. Outhouse. <laughs> yeah, in, out in the woods. So you know the, the bathroom wasn't close to the building. It was out yonder, way over yonder. Was that nut bush? No, not nut bush. <laughs> I tamed them. Yeah, so it was way out yonder. So he, we, we had to deal with, deal with several different uh, attitudes and and then plus us. Yeah, I get. I can't it. imagine how that boy's been passing. Then you dealing with all that driving everywhere. Yeah. Now I can't imagine doing that. I don't think I've been built for that. I can. I'm gonna tell you something. Being in this position now, I had no clue how my parents felt every day i had no clue this gives a whole new respect um honor i see the sacrifice i know the sacrifice now it is like i asked my mom you know you were there with me that day we talked yeah. to them and we were like i told my mom i said this just gives me a whole new outlook on who you are as a woman the the i mean just i my hat go off to her and to my dad because this is a position people you crazy if this is what you want when people go trying to become 
a, a, a pastor or, or, you know, in any capacity or try to do anything in leadership with ministry, this is hard. This is hard. And if God call you to this, then you remember, definitely you he'll equip me. But us, uh, uh, it should be that hard, Reverend. It's easy. Oh no, 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 no. You remember that? Yeah. And he wasn't no pastor. Though. No, he sure wasn't. It's easy for people to it's say that. It's easy for somebody <laughs> that have never been anointed or graced. Yes. To been called, not selected of themselves, but called by God to do it. Right. That's so true. Yeah. That's crazy. But I remember um, telling her um, that my hat go off to her. I was just like, oh, my God. I, um, I mean, everything that goes along with ministry, it's just not, it's so multifaceted. It's not just one thing. It'd be different if you just, you enter into this and it's one thing you have to deal with, but it's everything. And then people don't realize too, that it's one pastor, one first lady, and then it's right. all these other people. So you have to make sure you cater to everybody's needs and you don't want this person to step on this person's toes and don't say that to them. And you, it's like, it's like a, a parents with 20, 30, 40 kids. You know, right? And and because what you don't want, you want to love everybody, and you want to include everybody, and 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 you know, but you don't want to, uh, you don't want to exclude anyone. You don't want anybody to feel bad. But at the same time, we got work to do, and we have we we have Stay been we have a, a a task. You know, God has called us to something major, and so we can't also overlook things and let people slide or do things, and they're not in place to do things like all of that make a difference. And when you're in this position, you want to cater to people regardless of what they're doing. But we, mm-hmm. you can't do that. That's when they preach kids. That's right. That's mm-hmm. so true. That, and that's, that's the way we look at things, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that this was, a, this was a really, really good one. Um, um, just the way you view people. I mean, it's so many children out here that are adults now who are preachers kids our children i can only imagine boy if we got them on the panel one day we might have to do that get a couple of them and have them to come in and tell us um how they feel about being the uh, a preacher's kid that's what we're gonna have to do one day welcome to episode 56 of the preacher's corner this is and Lady Fanita and the house. <laughs> 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 Crowley pastors in the house with the first lady in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe him, y'all. <laughs> I didn't even know he was recording me. I came in here for the camera check and mic check and the lights and all of this. You know, it's a lot that we have to do before we go on air. And so I came in here hours before to get that corrected in Lord Jesus. Final thoughts. Wrap it up. Um. I would say, uh, just with this, just be mindful of the people that you go to church with, the people that you talk to on a daily basis. Be mindful of how 
I mean, it's kind of both because it's some of them. Some of them was on point. Yeah, some of them were very good. I was really, really shocked by the the percentages that they gave as far as how they would interact and stuff with their children. So that and this is an eye opener for me, just with some personal things. So I hope this was helpful. Um, It was. It was a lot more. I mean, we could actually do a, a part two on it. You know me. We rolling. <laughs> yeah. So, that's my take on it. That's, that's it? it? Yeah. That ain't no final thought. You go ahead. Hey, you didn't want to talk about what we about. That's it. What? That's all I got. Um, I will what? say, yeah, I do want to say something about, uh, I was reading something. says this and in the face of cultural oh I read that didn't I? it's hard to expect it's hard not to expect something more from faith leaders still this is it it's a problem when heightened expectations are piled on families that are typical in every way that's what I wanted to to talk about I forgot but this is a good good closeout it says still even though you want to look up to your leaders and and you have this disillusion that they're perfect in every way. It said, this is still a problem when heightened expectations are piled on top of first families. I'm going to include that. That are typical in every way. First families are normal. We are like normal yeah. people. We have our normal issues, our normal quirks. And it is a problem for people to pile on all these expectations, all these heightened expectations, especially things that you wouldn't do yourself. People place a lot of expectations on on leadership that they would not normally do themselves. Right. That's what that's the kicker for me. And and I'm not saying that we should not live to a certain standard level, any of that. No, I absolutely believe that I should. But it's when people have that expectation that I'm going to say this to you and I don't expect for you to say anything back. Or I'm going to slap you. And I know that the Bible says turn the other cheek, but don't look for me to turn the cheek. Because if, if I turn the other way, know that that hand coming behind. I'm going like this to reach back. <laughs> yeah, I said I was the violent. Ooh, baby, let me tell you. God's still working on us all now. He said, I'm going to work on y'all to the day of my coming. And if somebody slapped me, I don't know how I'm going to react to that. I don't know, y'all. Anyway, it says, after all, even faith leaders and their families are in need of spiritual renewal and transformation daily. 
So even we though need, we need transformation, I'm telling you, spiritual renewal and transformation. And think about it like this. <laughs> think about it in this aspect that if you need spiritual renewal and transformation, you gotta know that we all do. That's right. We are not exempt. We're not exempt, and we we need God just like everybody else needs God. And so um, we just want to be mindful. So that uh, that uh, that ought to take the the thought out of the equation for the lay the lay member yeah. of, of saying that the the they supposed to be this and they're supposed to be that and this the the this is your supposed to they're supposed to supposed to no they they just normal just like you yeah. I say it all the time. I put my pants on one leg at a time, just, just like, like you do. Else. I'm not. I can't walk on water. No. <laughs> can't walk on the water. The things, the, the anointing, the power, and all of that to preach right. and teach. And That's why I always say my, my medication wore off. I'm talking about. Face. I'm talking about after I done finished preaching and now letting I'm tired now. I might say something crazy. That means get out of my face because <laughs> he back. Yeah, and it's just that it's true. That's the yeah. truth. And the thing is, you know, I think that I don't know. It's like they a lot of people, and I'm not saying it is the people that's online. I'm just saying people in general, like the statistics we were reading, people the, those heightened expectations. People think that because people speak in tongues, or because you preach, or because you can sing, or you have an anointing on your life, you can cast out devils, or you or you you can pray that you are you have some type of magic, or you know some type of magic stick, and that's not that's not the case. This comes from laying out. This comes from fasting, from denying ourselves. This comes from studying our word. Yeah. This we are we're fighting for the same thing you're fighting for, and Absolutely. so and when we lay out, we're laying out to possess that power. You have to do something to get it. God just he, you just he's not just gonna he, I mean and really if you think about it, everything we need he already gave to us from the beginning of time. But in order to to possess those things, you got to do something to attain it to obtain it you know it just don't fall on you and then uh, in the midst of your mess you just feel like oh I'm gonna wake up one day and I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be able to cast out demons I'm gonna be able to do this no you have to do the work you have to do the work and so I think that just from being a preacher's kid seeing all of the behind the scenes knowing everything that our parents endured the things they suffered the tears that they cried uh, it, it gives us a new a new outlook on on how ministry and leadership actually goes, and 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 there's nothing more painful than uh, parents or leaders who are actually after God's heart. You know that there's nothing as painful as that kind of leader, because the people that don't really care and it's just about you know the name, the position, the title, the people, the you know all the congregants, the tithes, the offering, that person don't really care about how you feel about them personally, right. or about getting God's ear. But when right. you have a leader who genuinely cares about your soul, your salvation, how you feel as far as when you come in, are, are you on the right track? You know, are you laying out? Are you fasting? Are you, people aren't even calling fast, y'all. Right. We're doing different stuff. And so to, to be in a place like that, I think that that says a lot about ministry. Yeah. I, I was sitting and thinking about how it all started. And, um, a broken vessel 
and uh, HOD. Yeah. We were literally preaching to our family. We were literally preaching to, before all of the other people came, it was just the kids, pops, mama, and that was it, and us. And we preached like it was 70,000 every Sunday, every Wednesday. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's been a journey. It's been a journey. And, and I think where we are now, uh, not saying that we, we've arrived or anything, but he's brought us a mighty long way from ministering to ourselves to over... What over two thousand something in three yeah. months? Yeah, that's major. That's major. It's major. And I don't want I don't want the people online to to think that we're just neglecting all of the comments. We're uh, we're we're utilizing this broadcast as a extension for the podcast. So the people in Germany and people in Ireland is not gonna know who each individual is and so we we're not and we, we we're not ignoring you we see exactly what you're saying and if it's something that's uh she she'll go ahead and say it or i'll go ahead and say it so we don't never want you to believe that we're neglecting your support yeah online salute that's right mafia gang gang that mean that's everybody that's on there. Yeah. You hear us say mafia gang gang. Dropping anchor emojis. That's for everybody, everybody, that's right. everybody. That's right. Final thought, pray. That's it. Fire. Okay. Go ahead. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, thank for the broadcast tonight, Lord. We thank you, God, for enlightening some. God, uh, for the conversation for others regarding preachers' children. Um, our outlook, our attitudes. God, we just ask that you bless each and every person that attended this broadcast on tonight, those that will hear it on tomorrow. God, we just thank you now. We ask whatever they stand in need of, God, that your hand provided because great is your faithfulness. We thank you, we love you, and we magnify you, God. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 There's somebody somebody that might be in these comments that i just mentioned yeah 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 uh-huh uh-huh you've been pondering starting some things but you hadn't quite did it stop making excuses make it happen you ain't gotta wait till tomorrow start now and get perfect later it's enough for all that little dreaming dream big lady maybe Tell them to use some kind words. Say, I love you, please, and thank you. Be grateful. Help others. Don't whine. You know what I'm saying? Be silly. Be silly. <laughs> Keep calm. Carry on. Sloop. We out of here. We out of here. Drop them ankles. This is our in-house production. Productions.